This podcast is sponsored by Infinera. Infinera is transforming network architectures and in-user connectivity services as demand for capacity drives coherent technology closer to the edge at 100 gig, across the metro at 400 gig, and deeper into the core at 800 gig. Hello and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. I'm Suzanne Winnip, and I'm one of the DBIR authors with Verizon. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for uh, taking the time and uh, uh, helping to uh, uh, allay our cybersecurity fears because they're... they're... <laughs> I'm not sure I can allay them. I might amplify them. Yeah, just explain why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. That's that's all I ask anybody to do anymore. Um, uh, but no, that no, it's 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 great to have you on because you know one of the the first things that you know we we say this a lot is is that you know the the hackers, the cybersecurity sort of threats out there are um, getting better all the time, evolving, changing, and and you know the whole practice of both attacking and defending is moving on as fast as anything. And so it's, it's helpful to us to have folks who are, um, you know, can explain what, what's new, what's happened lately, you know, how the trends are lining up. So I, um, I guess I'll start there. Um, you know, what, uh, in, in your research, uh, in, in your, uh, occupation, what trends are you noticed, uh, around, uh, phishing and ransomware attacks that have maybe changed or evolved over the uh, past year? Well, I think that certainly um, both both have grown. We've seen tremendous growth in our, our data set um, over time on both social attacks and on ransomware. And in particular on ransomware that used to just be an integrity attack where you know you would lose access to your data and then they change their tactics. And now you not only lose access to your data, but they can give it to other people, <laughs> which is so kind of them. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that brings uh, up the does anybody really want my data? But but they uh, probably do. Apparently, I just, someone uh, does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've yeah. all managed to stand up infrastructure for uh, for sharing your data. Yeah. So yeah, and and that's actually one of the the evolutions that we've seen over the years as well is sort of the commoditization of the ransomware and giving out ransomware as a service and and how mature these marketplaces have become so that you know. It used to be that, you know, you had script kitties that, you know, they would put out tools so that, you know, the the barrier to entry for even hacking into a system was very low. And now it's the barrier to entry to pretty much anything is very low. And uh, the marketplace is out there and, and they have customer service and call centers and all the things that you expect from a modern company. And you just don't expect to see that kind of um, marketing, if you will, yeah. in, in the criminal yeah. space. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a level of like I think put, framing it like yeah they're just basically you know well run enterprises in some cases and that's what's so scary is that they're they're you know they've professionalized every aspect about being a cyber criminal, um, which makes me wonder do they have to do those 
damn, you know, employee workshops where they're all about team building and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if they do trust falls and that kind of garbage. Anyway, it just, I, it just made me wonder too if, um, if, if, if they have to do the employee surveys and stuff, that, you know, rate our work or, you know, when, when right. they use the services, they get the rating surveys that we get every time we, you know, finish with pretty much anything these days. Yeah. And then they have, uh, but they, but they still go by all the executives still go by their criminal code names. So they're like, uh, you know, please rate right. Darth Maul on his uh, you know, attentiveness or whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm attention to detail as they're strangling you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm dragging this in a stupid direction as, as I'm prone to do. Um, Kelsey, you probably have an actual working professional question we should ask. No, I mean, that, that's, that sounds like an interesting uh, work environment. And I, I do hope they have to um, answer a lot of surveys. I kind of do. I feel I, like I, that would be good punishment. I hope for... they, I hope they have to put up with all the bureaucratic stuff that being in a company. <laughs> Anytime you get a large number of people, in any situation, you wind up with some of these kinds of things. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, but I did want to ask you, Suzanne, uh, just with the, you know, enterprise move toward um, increasingly toward cloud networking and uh, is especially with, um, you know, we can't go podcast without mentioning COVID, I guess, <laughs> with, um, you know, the need to work from home and access um, uh cloud applications, uh, mm -hmm. are hackers taking advantage of this, of um, enterprise reliance on the cloud? We did see uh, more of the attacks targeting the cloud systems than we had before. Um, you know, we actually, so speaking of COVID and the changes it made, you know, at the, the beginning of the pandemic, we started collecting data just sort of in our public data set, looking at, you know, the kinds of, of things that happened and, you know, tagging those that were specific to COVID. And because we expected to see a lot more errors because of all this hastily stood up uh, infrastructure for companies that, you know, aren't normally remote. And, uh, and we expected to see a lot more errors, but we really didn't see that many more errors than, than we had before. But we did see a lot more, of course, the, the, the fishing lures all take whatever is, is the current headline. And so COVID was all over the place there. Um, and and it, it, it evolved over time. It started out with, you know, information about the virus and then it moved into information about or I should say disinformation about um, vaccines and that sort of thing. And so whatever the news topic was, we saw it evolve into the COVID lures as well. Um, and, and then we also saw them targeting more cloud based infrastructure just because it was so easy to get to. Yeah, it, it seems to that, that. I mean, it kind of follows the logic of like, you know, if that's where all the people are going and want to put their data and things like that, then that, then that would obviously the target would move on. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in that, um, that methodology of, you know, targeting the things or putting out lures to the things that people are searching for the most or want to, um, you know, uh, want to learn about the quickest. Um, you know, do you have any, uh, ready-made advice for like when you're, when there's, and let's just assume, since we're still in the pandemic, that tomorrow there's going to be some other announcement about some other either facet of COVID or or protection against COVID that we all have to quickly Google and figure out, <laughs> oh, what is my region doing? What do I have to do in my city? Um, how do you how do you keep, uh, you know, stay a step ahead as a consumer or as, a, as somebody at work uh, and not let yourself fall victim to that? Because a lot of the places we are going for information are going to be, you know, Google, you know, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. 
Right. And I think part of the, the thought process there has to be, well, if it came into my inbox, I probably shouldn't follow it. I should go out on Google and look for it independently. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Just a good Because, you know, anything that comes knocking at your door should be viewed with a certain amount of suspicion. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause they're eager to get you to click on something. So oh, yes. you have to go out and find out, is that thing legit? Is the, is it really on sale? That's always my, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> really? How much? Okay. You know, but yeah. It sounds too to, good to be, you know, right. It probably yeah. isn't. <laughs> you have to, you have to resist the urge to click through uh, when something mm-hmm. is tempting or when something just happened and then suddenly somebody serves yeah. you up the perfect news article that, that, you know, summarizes exactly how you feel and all you have to do is click on something it's like man, maybe that's maybe that's too easy um has has the uh has there been a uh any kind of um change or movement in uh in credentialing data uh in terms of you know uh you know people stealing credential data is that that seems to be another kind of hot area where um you know, cyber criminals, I guess, or I don't know what you term people who haven't been prosecuted, who are actively stealing stuff. <laughs> considered criminals. Criminals. Yeah. Considered but the, criminals. there's the whole, um, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many sites that, um, that in so many things that I deal with at work that have suddenly gone to two factor authentication and things like that. And, and that to me signals that obviously, um, Obviously, their users have been, you know, uh, victims or they're worried that their users are about to be victims. Is is that kind of activity on the rise or is the defense of it just becoming more mainstream now? Well, I would hope the defense is becoming more mainstream, but it's definitely on the rise. So, yeah, between the brute forcing that we saw, you know, an increase in, but we also saw, you know, all of these big credential breaches where they release the credentials and, People package them all up as databases and sell them, and then people use them to to try and uh, you know hit whatever infrastructure they're interested in and see if there's people who've been reusing their credentials. And people do it all the time, and that's why you've got to implement multi-factor authentication so that that's not a valuable thing anymore. You know, they can still have it. You know, login password be successful, but if they don't have that second factor, then they're not going to get in. Um, and hopefully, it will also raise flags. But uh, it's it's hugely popular. My favorite quote from the report this year was that credentials are the glazed donuts of of data types. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not write that. That was I love that. It's just so, so appropriate. Who doesn't love donuts? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't even have to be hungry if they're just sitting out. I'll grab I know, if they're there, they're and you, can, you can eat a bunch and not feel full. Like, <laughs> <laughs> might feel a little sick. All kinds of good now. reasons, right? <laughs> um, no, that, that that is a good a good point about you know, even though it seems a pain to set up, you know, the multi factor authentication, it really is like great insurance against any kind of you know password mishandling or password loss or, oh, shoot, I, somebody saw me log into this or somebody saw, you know, s- somehow guessed my, my favorite password or whatever. Um, or the ever popular, oh, we just use the one login and password across all systems. That's right. Because <laughs> it's convenient. <laughs> and we right. don't change it when someone leaves. No, <laughs> We no, write yeah. it on a post-it on our computer. We, so. yeah, and we then have... we have it behind us on our, our Zoom calls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed. I actually have seen that a couple of times where oh, I've been yes. on 
I've been on uh, calls with sources and with other folks. And since they're so used to being on video, they just have their, their, uh, you know, cork board behind them with all their mm-hmm. plans to take over the world or pick up their kids, <laughs> one or the other, you know, there's always Whatever something. Comes first, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, they'll have like, you know, the password for United airlines is this, you know, or something. And you're just like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we've, seen, well, we've seen that occasionally on news broadcasts too. Yeah. So it's not just the, the pandemic zoom call thing. It, you know, it's happened on other, other oh, venues as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the, you know, there's always that human error issue um, that is a real problem, I think, in cybersecurity. Um, You know, I I suppose we could talk forever about this, but what are some of the advice um, or insight you give to your customers in terms of kind of combating that, um, you know, response to maybe panic that people have when they get a phishing email and they're like, oh, I better click on this and get this resolved quickly. Or how, how do you handle the the human error aspect and, and train people to be a little bit, um, you know, more careful. More <laughs> aloof and it. cool. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. You know, not putting their, their password on cork boards. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, that's sometimes it's an easy fix. Sometimes it's a hard one. It depends on the error. You know, we see a, a lot of like a, a misdelivery error out there that, that uh, a lot of times it's paper documents. You know, they do mass mailings, governments, healthcare you know, organizations. There's a lot of organizations out there that do huge mass mailings on the regular. And you get the, the envelope and the contents out of sync. And that's a simple check, you know, sampling throughout the mailing to make sure it's still as it should be before it goes out the door is a simple check. And it's a low tech check. But people do it all the time. And the same thing goes for, you know, electronic. You know, you've you've typed in what you thought was the right distribution list and you find out it was the wrong distribution list. Um, People are just trying to go so fast that they really need to sort of take a step back and make sure when you're dealing with the sensitive information that you double check it before you send it out. Um, And uh, one of the other things that we see is, you know, the error of, uh, of loss, physical loss of devices. It's taken some industries longer than others to get the memo that encryption is your friend on these kinds of devices. And that way, at least you don't have to declare a data breach. But again, it's it's something that uh, that we know how to fix and people just don't fix it, you know? And as a researcher, it can be a little frustrating writing the report every year and going, oh, look, that didn't change. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think this the social engineering stuff is kind of as sophisticated as we've all as we all seem online, you know, people talk in shorthand and they are great at posting videos and they, you know, they do all this magical content stuff, but then social then they fall prey to something really simple like um, you know, so, so these so, sort of social engineering tricks that uh, that people uh, put out there. What what would you say are like some of the more the most popular uh, ones, or the ones that just keep coming up again, no matter no matter how smart we all get? <laughs> it amazes me that the Nigerian print scam is still around. You know, <laughs> it still is. Yeah, <laughs> it still is. He how still needs that money. Still yeah, he's, think that you know, he's still in power. Still needs all that money. <laughs> That's right. And you know he'll give you a I always nice love the percentage ones too. You, just, you know, <laughs> go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. He, he I was going to say there's the like the ones from Nelson Mandela's wife and she needs right to give you some money. And then right. uh, there's also the like your friend is stuck in London. Oh, yeah. In prison and they need <laughs> money wired need right away. Wire money. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Gates is going to give you money if you do this one simple thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I saw it. Now that that came up a bit around. Right around his uh, his his latest scandal, there was there was a lot of um, you know, hey, you've probably seen me in the news lately. Uh, I need some help, you know, donating to this thing. <laughs> it was really funny too. And I'm going to reach out to a complete. I know, stranger. yeah, because I was just like, oh yeah, let's uh, let's let's target. Is like, wow, Bill Gates is targeting broke journalists in Texas. <laughs> a, this is a great. <laughs> how the mighty. <laughs> urgent <laughs> how the mighty have fallen <laughs> um, uh, yeah no I, I i think it's interesting the social engineering stuff you know and also on on facebook and places like that i've noticed a lot of um uh i would call it social engineering light where people are trying you can tell they're trying to slowly build a profile of a group of people because they would say like they're asking a bunch of things um as a as as like a group you know, bonding thing, like my mother's maiden name is the craziest thing or something, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, that's an extreme one, but they do a lot of more subtle things like, uh, uh, Hey, your, your, uh, your, you know, your superhero name is the month that you were born and the, you know, your mother's maiden name or something like that. And then a bunch of people will just reply with those things. And it's hilarious because it's just like, if you just have a, a list of bits of data, you want to tick off about individuals, then you can, really make some highly educated guesses as to what passwords they're using, you know, at, um, at any number of popular services. I imagine that's that I, I imagine the reason that keeps happening is because it, it, on some level, it must be really working well. Or, you know, just working at all because right. you only need to be successful a few times. I saw one mm -hmm. the other right. day on Facebook that was like, it was for some reason it was justifying people are smart if they can type in the, their uh, social security number backwards, and people were doing it. <laughs> no, and I'm like, oh, oh, people, come on, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, mine's just nothing but fives, so I never have to worry about it. <laughs> all fives. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's interesting that 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 yeah that you, like you said, it doesn't take it doesn't take. Um, it doesn't take a bunch of success for it to work. Mm -hmm. It only, it only has to work one time. And that's really the the thing that we have to, I guess, keep in mind on this. Um, uh, we're, we're running up against it on time a little bit. Kelsey, you have any, any last questions or one more thing to kind of uh, uh, to cover? I was just going to say, I love how the DBIR report ends where it says, give yourselves and each other a pat on the back or even better, a big virtual hug. All will be well. <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping I mean, we're right. <laughs> yeah, I just like after you know you you read through it, and we talk about all these different ways that um, hackers are trying to ruin our lives. I guess <laughs> just love that at the end you're like, it's gonna be okay. It's okay. We're trying not to depress everybody who's reading our report. <laughs> well, it's that's a that's a good thing to do uh, as well. What, what, where what's the best place for people to get the latest? Uh, your you know a lot of the information we've covered and we've talked about today just just to kind of reset um, is in the uh, Verizon. Uh, DBIR report. Um, wh where's the best place to to pick that up? 
It's Verizon.com slash DBIR. Okay. Well, that's easy. It's simple enough. See, it's not like, a, <laughs> it's not, we, we're not going to send you through a labyrinth of random URLs or whatever. And DBIR, <laughs> Data Breach in, uh, Investigations Report, mm-hmm. or is it Incidents Report? Nope, it's Investigations. The data Breach Investigations Report. And uh, yes, and. And, uh, and it uh, pairs well with a glazed donut. It does. Yeah. 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 If you're doing food pairings and uh, menacing cybersecurity information, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good uh, 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 pairing there. Um, uh, Suzanne Whittup, uh, thanks so much for, uh, for uh, giving us a bit of your time and thanks for, uh, for your hard work on and research uh, in the report. Thank you for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Infinera. Infinera is transforming network architectures and end-user connectivity services as demand for capacity drives coherent technology closer to the edge at 100 gig, across the metro at 400 gig, and deeper into the core at 800 gig.